It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon, friends. Well, here we are. We finished our verse-by-verse study of 1 John. What a great journey it's been. I pray God's ministered to your heart and made it personal to you as only he can do. If you think back on John's letter, there were many key words, key themes, key truths repeated. But I believe the most important truth of them all has been that we must abide in him. We can't love, we won't be obedient, and we'll not continually walk in truth if we don't. So for today, I'd like to look at abiding one more time and let Jesus have the final word concerning this action in the life of a believer. So turn with me, if you will, to John 15 in your Bibles. And uh, while I'd love to do the whole chapter, it's one of my favorites, and even go through verse 11, we're only going to read verses 1 through 5. As we read these verses, notice the word abide. We'll see how Jesus' words parallel or complement what John taught. Now, keep in mind, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. So let's read these five verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Here in verse 1, Jesus says he's the true vine. And And the Greek word there for true means genuine. He's the real deal. Any other vine is but a copy. We have reality for the Christian here, just as John taught. But please notice, who takes care of the vine? None other but the Father, which means he'll care for the branches as well. And it makes me think of the verse in 1 John, Oh, what love the Father bestows on us. Verse 2, we are the branches who must be joined to the vine. For what purpose? To bear fruit. Fruit is mentioned six times in 11 verses, if you go all the way down. Jesus says, every branch in me, he's talking about it. The only way this happens is if we remain in him. You know, then we bear fruit because we have to be a branch in him. The New Testament has much to say about uh, being in him, but much of it is dependent on our remaining in him keeping ourselves in fellowship with him. How do we get in him in the first place? Well, by the new birth. The branch is born out of the vine, where the life of the vine flows in us and through us, producing fruit. Notice, it's really the vine's fruit. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. This is not talking about our losing our salvation, but being taken away from the place of fruit bearing, maybe put on the shelf for a while. But it can also mean something else. 
J. Vernon McGee in his commentary says this, Sometimes this removing from the place of fruit-bearing is by physical death. I believe this is what John means in 1 John 5.16 when he says that there is a sin unto death, unquote. Now, every branch that bears fruit, God prunes. And when we hear that, we say, ouch. The word in the Greek is to cleanse. So the King James Version here actually uses a good word, purge, because God cleanses and takes out of our life by pruning things that are hindering us from bearing fruit. Now in verse 3, how is the cleansing accomplished? By the word of God. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And seventy verse 71 there says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. We must remain in constant communion with Christ. This is verse 4. At all times. We must continually be cleansed so that our fellowship is not hindered. If our fellowship is hindered, we will not bear fruit. To abide, we must keep his commandments. Verse 10, farther down in this chapter, tells us that. If we love him, we will keep his commandments. That was in the previous chapter, verse, chapter 14, verse 15. Abide is in the present tense. It means keep on abiding. Have continuous communion or, and fellowship with Jesus. Then verse 5, Jesus makes it clear here. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Notice the progression in these verses in fruit bearing. We bear fruit, we bear more fruit, and then much fruit. I believe the first fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. The life of the vine is the Spirit that flows into us and then through us producing fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But it is also many other things. Thus, the more fruit and the much fruit. For example, it is verse 7, if if you look down, effectual prayer. It's verse 8 that Jesus talks about, perpetual fruit. It's verse 11, celestial joy. Because we have free will, we can break fellowship with God by allowing sin in our life, by stepping out of the will of God, or by worldliness. All things John dealt with in his letter. Jesus' heart for all of us is that we produce much fruit. If we're going to live a life that glorifies God, verse 8, that continually produces good fruit, there is a very, very important thing that we must understand. Let's look back at verse 5 again. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Did you catch that? Without me, you can do nothing. And nothing is pretty much nothing. Jesus is telling us we must be absolutely, totally dependent on him for all things. We might think that we can bear good fruit sometimes without him, but it'll be uh, fleshly fruit with no good eternal consequences. A branch has no life 
without the vine. Without him, we can do nothing. Do you really believe and understand that we are to be absolutely dependent on Jesus day in and day out? Some may think that it's weakness, but on the contrary, it's really great strength. The Bible tells us that with him, we can do all things. It, it's called having a heart of brokenness before the Lord, knowing you are absolutely needy for God every moment of every day. This does not come naturally. We want to think we can at least do some things ourselves. Let me share something with you. For me, it took about 14 years of walking with the Lord, bearing some fruit. I, uh, I was given stewardship of the women's ministry in, in my church. I was having a difficult time dealing with some difficult relationships. And as the leader, it was my responsibility to do so. I was at our women's retreat and at the sessions Friday evening and all day Saturday, I felt nothing during worship and uh, during the time of teaching. And that was really, really unusual. Uh, even my fellowship was not joyous, joyous. It was like I was dead. So after the evening session, I went into the speaker's room with another sister. I explained everything. The speaker said, Ruth, I believe you're trying to deal with the ministry situation in your own strength. And at the root of that is pride. <laughs> it was like a knife was driven into my abdomen. But she said, but I think my message tomorrow is what you need to hear. They prayed for me. Well, she was absolutely right. Sunday morning, her message was, you guessed it, John 15, 1 through 5. Yep, God broke through, and I realized I had been trying to minister without Jesus. I repented and cried. I mourned that I had hurt the Lord in that way. It was then I knew experientially what brokenness is, being needy for God every day. And that can't happen if we're not in con continual communion with him. It can take time to come to that place of absolute brokenness. We must pulverize our self-will so that we can have a broken and contrite heart. That's really what that means in the psalm. Ladies, we want to be Titus 2 women. We want to be Proverbs 31 women, and that's a good thing. But we, we must first keep continual fellowship with Jesus and know that we know without him we can do nothing. What a joy it's been for me to lead us through this study. I pray God has ministered to your heart as he has mine through the study. And yes, until next time, stay close to Jesus, knowing without him you can do absolutely nothing. And keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh.